We're back, and we're back with the vengeance. Welcome back to Speak Supreme. I am Austin Kay. Seth is not with me today, my lovely co-host. Today will be the first of our mini-casts, which we will be putting out each week in addition with our full-length episodes. We are back with a full slate for you. Today will be the mini-cast you are listening to right now. Wednesday will be the full-length episode with Seth, and then Friday, Seth will put out his own mini-cast. That schedule and all other schedules, all other content that we will be putting out, you can get a sneak peek into if you go ahead and follow our Twitter, at Speak Supreme on Twitter. So go ahead and give that a follow for updates, scheduling, all of that nature. So that will, we get, we really appreciate if you give that a follow so, so we can uh, get that information to you and you can kind of have an idea of uh, when content's going to be out. <clears throat> With that being said, I say we kick right into it because we got a short episode, about 25 minutes we're looking at today. So, and I have a lot to talk about. So we're going to get right into it. Uh, I'm in a ranting mood because I'm a big baseball fan. I'm a big Yankees fan. Have been since I was a little kid. I wore uh, number two all throughout my baseball years, and I was the biggest Jeter fan you'll find. I've been a Yankees fan since I probably could walk. But those Yankees this year have been nothing short of pathetic, in my opinion. Coming into the season, they had high expectations. Vegas. All the analytics, everyone picking them to be in the World Series, meeting the Dodgers, the big clash. Or at least that's what they thought. But these Yankees now sit 42-41, and 41, fourth placed in the AL East, and almost six games out of any kind of playoff contention. That, ladies and gentlemen, is what my rant's about today. The New York Yankees, a storied franchise, 27 championships, and yet, they haven't won one since I was nine years old. Now, if you don't know, ladies and gentlemen, I'm 20 now, almost 21. So I was a small child the last time the Yankees secured a world championship back in 2009. Great team, very well-balanced team, right-handed, left-handed, switch hitters, speed guys, big power guys, all the like. Great pitching staff, good bullpen. They had everything. They were a great team. This team is not a great team. This is a very poor team. It's a team with names, lots of talent, lots of hype. And yet, they continually fall short, day in and day out, as they now pass the halfway point in the season, look like a non-playoff team. Which, if you said that to many analysts prior to the season starting, they would have looked at you like you were insane. Again. Everyone picked the Yankees. It wasn't just, oh, well, you know, some people had them as a favorite. It's almost everyone did. It was Yankees-Dodgers World Series. That's everybody's pick. If you go back, you look at the betting odds, you look at everything. Now, we're not even thinking World Series. We're wondering if they can scrape into the playoffs. Aaron Judge has showed up this year. He's an all-star starter, deservedly so. He's been a great player this year. He's only missed a handful of games. Been there, been in the lineup each and every day, playing well, playing his gold glove defense, being a great hitter, hitting in the mid-280s, 19 homers, 40-plus RBIs. Great year. Can't complain about Judge. Garrett Cole, he's been shaky of late, but overall he's been good. He's an all-star. There's just not much here. You go around the diamond. Gary Sanchez, he's been much, much better the last month-plus. Raised his average from below 200 to about a little over 230. He's playing a lot better. I gotta give Gary a lot of credit. He's been good. 
And I've been a guy that's been a big believer in Gary. I don't want to give up on Gary because I think he can be exceptional. So you know what? I'm going to give him a pass. He's been good. He's stepped up. He's taken the criticism, and he's looked to be better. And I give him credit for that. Over at first base, Luke White hasn't been healthy enough to really give him a grade or judge his season so far. It's not his fault. He's usually been a pretty durable guy since he came to the Yankees. The injury bugs bit him in the ass this year. Comes back from a significant surgery and games later is injured again. He's back again, playing well. Very poor defensive first baseman, but, you know, a reasonably good hitter. I can't be too mad. Can't really judge him. DJ lemayhew has been a massive disappointment. After being MVP level the last two years, he's been very pedestrian, I'd say. He's picked it up of late again. He's another guy that, you know, I believe in him. I think he's a guy who, you know, when he's at when he's right, he's phenomenal. But I mean, you know, he he's at 270 right now, 271, and that's not DJ LeMahieu. That's not DJ LeMahieu. Second base. It's really not even been a second baseman this year. Rugnet Odor, I suppose, has been the guy that's been there often, after being acquired from the Rangers. He's hitting 212. He's not a good player, ladies and gentlemen. We know what he is. He's a strikeout or home run guy, and not often with the home run. Look at shortstop, Gleyber Torres. He stepped in there. And um, after hitting 38 home runs and hitting <clears throat> over 270 two years ago, he, he has hit three homers this year, and he's batting 238. It's getting to the point where you're genuinely concerned about this young man. He looked like a young superstar two years ago at 22 years old, hitting almost 40 home runs as a young budding superstar. Now you're wondering, is he done? Look at third base. Gio Urshela, he's been good. I can't really complain. 274, 11 homers, almost 40 RBIs. Plays some of the best defense you're going to find in, in the big leagues. You can't get mad at him. He's done what he's supposed to. We he, He's played well. Miguel Anduar, in and out of the lineup. Again, shifting around. Hitting about 250. Nothing too significant. Pretty meh. Horrible defender. Gardner, 37 years old, man. He's below the Mendoza line. I mean, I, you, can't, you can't put him out there and expect him to be play like he's 27. He's old, man. He, he, he's just... You know, that's where he's at. Can't get mad at him for it. Judge has been phenomenal. I can't complain about Judge. 284, 19 homers, 43 RBIs. I mean, he he does everything at such a high level. I mean, look at his OPS, 902. You know, his on base is 379. Yeah, he strikes out sometimes. So does everybody else in baseball. He's played 70, 78 of the 82 games, or 83 games. He's in the lineup. That's the big knock on him. <clears throat> oh, he can't stay healthy. Well, he is this year, and he's producing. So you can't knock Judge this year. Stanton's been beat up, as usual. Played 63 games. You know? I mean, 14 homers, 40 RBIs, 266. I mean, you know, he's been kind of what Stanton has been the last few years. He is what he is now. Guy can't stay healthy. He's not that guy anymore. You know? Hopefully, but I haven't seen it. Not this year. Clint Frazier's been... 
about as bad as you can possibly be. You know, I mean, he's played 66 games. He's batting 186. I mean, <laughs> he's just not a good baseball player at this point. And he was a guy that was so highly touted. Five homers, 15 RBIs, 186. <laughs> what the hell's the point, man? Like, this guy was a top five pick <clears throat> that we got in the Andrew Miller trade. He's been abysmal. Abysmal. He's a joke. Aaron Hicks is out for the year. He's batting below the Mendoza line before he got hurt. Pathetic. There's nothing about this team that, you know, you look at and you, you know, I mean, give to the starting rotation. Garrett Cole again. You know, he's at two nine he's at a two nine one ERA in four, but you know, last month it's at four seventy one. So I mean, I did that. It's big enough sample size that with the whole sticky stuff situation that you start to wonder. You know, I. You really start to wonder about him, because. It seems odd that that all coincides perfectly. I don't want to call Garrett Cole a cheater, but it, it, it's awfully it's off it's a lot of coincidences lining up. The rest of the less uh, the rest of uh, the rotation has been terrible. Corey Kluber was pitching phenomenal. Obviously, he pitched a no hitter this year. Had a 3.04 ERA. Had been phenomenal. It was a great renaissance to watch. Sadly, he's on the IL with an with an elbow injury. So, who knows when we see him back? We could use him for sure because Jameson Tyon, the big uh, acquisition from the Pirates, five four three ERA. He's been t pretty terrible. Decent in spots, but overall pretty poor. Domingo Herman's been extremely inconsistent and mostly mediocre at 4-5-0. Montgomery's had his moments. 4-1-7. He's been all right. He's been the second highest innings eater behind Cole with, at 86 and a third. He's been fine. I think that, you know, I think he's a guy that could be good. Again, I these guys are just, you sit here and you wonder what Brian Cashman was thinking, bringing all these guys who are known for injuries and inconsistencies and thought that this would be a a starting staff that he could really rely on and lean on because it's not. Bullpen's been great. Um, Chapman, at the end of May, had a zero ERA. He's now been so bad since that it's ballooned all the way up to 471. 471. That is incredibly bad. He has been incredibly bad. He has been as bad as you can be, genuinely. And I think you got to worry at some point. Jonathan Loizaga has been phenomenal. 2 2 0, 7 and 3 out of the pen. He's been absolutely great. Chad Green's been phenomenal. He's been absolutely sensational. 2 2 8. Lucas Lutke. Uh, had been absolutely sensational. He had he's had a couple of rough outings recently. He's ballooned a little up to three four six, but he had been great before that. Luis Sess has been serviceable. He's been fine. Innings eater. Uh, Michael King's been a guy that's done some um, opening. Nestor Cortez Jr. Same thing. Juan Peralta is the guy we got from the Mike Talkman trade. He's been pretty poor. Justin Wilson's been utterly pathetic. ERA over eight. Darren O'Day's been injured, but when he's played, he's been decent. Um, Zach Britton's been injured so much you can't really even gauge a season he's pitched four innings and I mean look <clears throat> you can talk about a lot of things with the Yankees and at the end of the day 
it to me you, you can look at the strikeouts but the Rays strike out about as much as the Yankees the Rays are in first place Yankee, oh, well, the Yankees ground into a lot of double plays. So did the Houston Astros. They're in first place. But at the end of the day, it's the Yankees' complete innate inability to hit with runners in scoring position. That's number one. Their complete lack of athleticism. No speed. They have horrible fielders for the most part. Judge is good. LeMahieu's good. Urshel is very good. I think Gary's gotten a little better, but he's not great. Voight's not great. Torres has been shaky throughout a lot of times. Half the time they're putting Andujar and Frazier out in the corner outfield spots, and they're they're terrible. Um, I think they made a good move in getting Tim LaCastro from the Diamondbacks. I think he's going to be a guy that gives them a lot of depth in terms of playing center field. guy that's a decent fielder. Tons of, tons of speed. Tons of athleticism. Um and that's going to help, but I mean, at the end of the day, when your entire roster is built out of right-handed power hitters that can't run the bases, it's not even just about being, you know, it's not even just about being fast or being slow. It's about the fact that they're they're bad at running the bases. They're making mistakes that you're taught about in Little League. Running, running, you know, taking the next base on a ball that's hit in front of you, right? Being too aggressive. Sending guys with nobody out, getting gunned out at home. This is the stuff that loses you ball games, and that's why the Yankees are losing so many games. They don't do the little things. They can't field well. They can't run the bases at all. They have no speed. They have no left-handed hitters in their lineup. They have inconsistent pitching. They have nothing going for them right now. And it's getting to a point where you really wonder, where do you even go from here? Hal Steinbrenner spoke to the media recently and basically threw all the blame on the players and pretty much, for the most part, absolved himself and the coaching staff and the front office of any blame. And I think that's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, yes, I understand. That's fair. You know, putting putting the onus on the players, that's fine. Because you're right. They do have to perform better. I'm, I'm good with that. Call out the players. I think you need to do that. I'm good with that. But not not you know acknowledging the fact that well this is a team that Brian Cashman built right and i think this is a structural problem at the end of the day um this team is not structurally sound they don't have any left-handed hitting they don't have any guys with any kind of athletic ability no speed nothing they have no variation in their lineup it's the same guys 1 through 9 basically i mean god man what made you think that was going to... You, you play in Yankee Stadium. Why would you not look to add elite left-handed hitting into your lineup in Yankee Stadium? Not even just Yankee Stadium. But, I mean, we're just talking... A guy can bring a really good right-handed reliever out of the bullpen, and you're just toast. You bring a guy that can get righties out, you can get you can get you you can can toss him out there for the whole Yankees lineup. There's no variation. Hakes added a little bit with his switch hitting, but that's not the whole thing. You can't point at that and be, oh, this is why. No. That's not why. The reason why is because you're bad. The reason why is because you can't run the bases. Because you can't hit with runners in scoring position. You can't do the little things. Situational hitting. Bunning. Pulling a ball to get a guy over. Sacrifice flies. You can't do any of it. 
you don't take the extra base. You don't do all the little things that add up to so much in the grand scheme. And that is why the New York Yankees are a bad team. And that's why they're not going to make the playoffs. They're not going to make the playoffs. People can hold out hope for a big run in the second half, but it's not going to happen. This team is what it is, and it's not a playoff team. It's a bad team, and that's just how I feel. I'm, I, I'm not even interested in watching the Yankees anymore. It's, it's hard to watch. It is almost pitiful how bad they are. It's not even about just losing, but it's just not fun to watch. They're just a pathetic team to watch, and I'm tired of it. So I'm not, I'm not giving them my time. I don't watch the games anymore. You know, I'll check the scores at the end of the night, but that's about it. And I've never done that. Even in some years where the Yankees haven't been at their best, I've watched. But this year is just something else. Because it's just the total lack of self-awareness. You know, how can get out here and stomp his feet and act like he's so outraged? But does he really care? What is he doing? Because I'll tell you what. At the end of the season, if the Yankees don't make the playoffs and Boone and Cashman are still there, I'm convinced that Hal does not care about this team. Because... It's not so much Boone's fault as it is Cashman's, but the, at the end of the day, if you're talking logically, if you bring in a new GM, he's going to bring in a new coaching staff anyway. That's what I mean when I say Boone gone. Because it's not really Boone's fault. Because Brian Cashman made this product. Boone has to work with what he has. I mean, is he perfect? No, certainly not. But if, if you're asking me who I think most of the blame should be on, it's Brian Cashman, who I happen to love, and I think he's a good GM. But I think his time's just done here. I think... That he looked at his numbers, and he was wrong. He was wrong. He built this team poorly, and I'm disappointed. I mean, as a fan, it's disappointing because it's almost a slap to the face for them to say, oh, well, this, this, this. No, 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 no. You are a bad team. Call it what it is. This is a bad team. You need to retool big time. And I think that begins with getting a new front office in there. And then they'll probably bring in a new coaching staff. And we'll have to look at unloading a lot of players because this is going to be a massive project here. This is not a one or two move fix. This is going to be something in the offseason where you have to kind of tear it down a little bit. I wouldn't say rebuild because the Yankees don't have to really do that. You know, because they do have a lot of talent here. But I think you need to retool big time. You need to get legit left-handed hitters in here. You need to get guys that are more athletic. Guys that are going to be able to take that extra base, that are going to be able to steal bases, that are going to be able to lay down sacrifice bunts, that are going to be able to move guys over. That's the big thing. If they do that this offseason, then I think they'll be a successful team. But you have to see the writing on the wall and make those changes. But I'm going to move on because I still had some other things I want to talk about before we're done here. But that was my rant. It's upsetting. It's frustrating. Moving on. Um... Another big thing I want to talk about, which has been going on, it's been really exciting, is Euro 2021, which obviously got moved to, moved from uh, 2020. Um, it's been a lot, of, it's been a fun tournament, man. It's been a lot of fun to watch this, uh, just to watch this pan out. Um, obviously, as many of you know, um, if you look at, you know, the round of 16, Belgium took down Portugal, Italy took down Austria 2-1. The France-Switzerland game was a ton of fun. Obviously, 3-3 goes to penalties. Mbappe misses the last penalty. Jan Sommer makes a great save. What a game. I mean, France going out in the round of 16. That, I, you know, there's been a few, but that, that to me was the biggest shock. Just because of how good, and how good Benzema um, came into that uh, French squad and immediately just was able to silk. I mean, he was phenomenal, man. He was absolutely sensational. Benzema's the real deal, man. Um... Obviously, you had the 5-3 Spain-Croatia. 
shootout. <laughs> uh, a lot of goals there. Spain was able to come from behind. It was a great performance by them. Going on the other side, Ukraine took down Sweden. I watched that full match. That was as fun of a match as I've seen in this Euros. That was so fun. Um, Alexander Zinchenko with a goal and an assist in that one. Manchester City guy. He was sensational. Ukraine went through. England shocked Germany. And I, I say shocked not because I don't think England's good enough, but because Germany, again, was just so poor in a major tournament. They were so poor. And it was sad to see uh, Yurgi Love go out like that. But, um, I mean, that's the way it is. Uh, Muller missed a big chance. Timo Werner missed a big chance. And England did not miss their chances. Um, obviously, Sterling and Kane both bagging a goal. 2-0. Boom. Then you had the Czech Republic taking down the Netherlands and another. I'd say... It was a shock. Um, not as big as the French one, just because the Netherlands have some guys missing. Obviously, not having Van Dyke is huge. He's, you know, their captain. He's the guy that they really lean on um, at the back. Um, so they went out to to nil to Czech, Czech Republic. And then Denmark kind of flattened Wales 4-0. In the quarterfinals, Italy took down Belgium 2-1. Obviously, Belgium missing Aiden Hazard. KDB was injured. That was kind of a tough, tough road for them. Romelu Lukaku was not himself. Italy, they've been phenomenal. They went on. Uh, Spain and Switzerland also went to shootout, with Spain being able to pull it out. Uh, Jan Sommer was phenomenal in this tournament, though. And, uh, you know, I think we got to tip our tip our cast to him because he was sensational. Um, then on the other side, England really flattened Ukraine. I was, I was surprised by that. Um, obviously, England have more quality. They have more superstar names, if you want to say, than uh, Ukraine. But for them to go out and lay an egg like that, I was really shocked. And I don't know if it was just a matter of the last game took a lot out of them or what emotionally but um that was that was a surprising result and then denmark narrowly beat czech republic 2-1 in a great match so the semifinals is set uh italy will play spain on the sixth and then england will take on denmark on the seventh um what a fun semifinal matchups here i mean italy and spain i think italy's gonna take it i think it'll be a really really good game um I would just really love Italy's quality. And Roberto Mancini, obviously close to my heart as a Manchester City fan, he's been so good for them. I really believe in him, and I believe in those guys. they got a ton of talent there. I think they're going to uh, win a win a close match there. I think England's going to take down Denmark. Um, I think it's going to be another good one, going to be a tough one. I think England's going to have to be prepared because Denmark's no joke. I mean, they, they can play, man. They can play. Um I think England's going to go on. I think it's going to be an Italy-England uh, matchup. And I think um, if you ask me right now today, I would probably take Italy in that matchup. Uh, I think it'd be a absolutely phenomenal finals. I don't think anybody would just be disappointed with uh, with that matchup. That'd be a ton of fun, ton of quality on both sides. Um, that'd be a lot of fun. I'd have Italy just edging it, but I think it'd be a phenomenal match to watch. I'm, I'm for sure uh, tuning in the rest of the Euros to see kind of how this turns out. Um, you know, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. This 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 tournament's been fun so far. Whenever you uh, whenever we show up for the Euros, it's a ton of fun. Uh, and I know as football fans out there, it's been an enjoyable one. So, last thing I kind of wanted to brush on uh, before I kind of call it quits. I know this is kind of going to be a little shorter on the segment, just because I'm a little salty about it. But the NBA playoffs roaring to a close as the finals matchup is decided, as it will be the Milwaukee Bucks and the Phoenix Suns. Giannis Antetokounmpo, Chris Middleton, obviously leading the Bucks with Chris Paul and Devin Booker. DeAndre Ayton's been phenomenal too for the Suns, and uh, what a matchup! You know, not the one I don't I think anybody would have envisioned or you know gambled on, put their money on, so to speak. But it's gonna be a fun one. Obviously, two teams that haven't been in the finals for a long, long time. Suns have never been in the finals. Uh, 
Bucks, I think, since 1974 is the last time Milwaukee reached the finals. I think it's going to be a great matchup. I'm a big Giannis guy. I'm a Knicks fan, but I love watching Giannis. He's a ton of fun to me. Um, I'll definitely be um, watching him, and I think he's going to be a lot of fun. I wouldn't say we're rooting for the Bucks, but I, I enjoy watching the Bucks. And you know, it is what it is. I, I don't. I'm not really rooting for anyone per se, but uh, I think the Bucks. I think just will be able to wear down the Suns. I think it'll be a really fun matchup. Um, just because, again, there are two teams that haven't been there in a long time, right? Like, we obviously had that long stretch of Golden State and Cleveland, right? And I think it's just been fun last few years to see some teams that haven't been there for a little while, some fresh faces to see. Obviously, CP3 making his first finals. That's going to be a ton of fun to watch. Giannis, the you know two-time MVP, making his first finals, seeing what how he's going to respond. Obviously, coming off of a little injury, um, but it sounds like he's going to be good to go. Um for the finals, so that's good to hear. You never want to see a star guy get hurt like that at this point in the playoffs. But yeah, I'm gonna be. I'm really excited. Obviously, as a Knicks fan, this playoffs was you know it was a blessing. It was fun. It was great to see, but it was also sad. You know, I, but at the same time, I think I think uh, Knicks fans understand that we weren't ready. We didn't have a team with enough quality, enough talent on it across the board in terms of all star guys, superstar guys, to make a deep run. I was proud of our guys for how far we came. It was tons of fun this year. I, I had so much fun watching the Knicks this year, and I have not said that in a long time, since I was about 12 or 13, back when they had Mello, and they had Amari, and they had Tyson Chandler, and they had all those guys. I mean, God, I miss those teams, you know? And it, it, it was fun having energy in the garden again. It was it was something that I haven't experienced in a long time, and I was I was really happy, and I felt really lucky to, uh, to be able to be along for the ride here. And, I watched every single game. Every night I was watching the games. Uh, I watched all every single game all season. Tons of fun. Playoffs obviously broke my heart, but I think at the at the uh, you know in the back of my brain I kind of understood that it you know we, we just don't have the the quality yet. But I think this off season is going to be really interesting to see if they do make a move uh, for a superstar. They look to make uh, to improve the squad, and I think they'll come back next year with the vengeance, ready to uh, hopefully make a deeper run. But it's been a fun playoffs, you know. A lot of injuries, unfortunately, and you never like to see that. Um, but it's just kind of the way it is sometimes. But it's been entertaining. Um, it was. I, I I liked seeing the Hawks lose. Really, <laughs> call me salty if you want, but uh, I didn't really. I didn't want to see Atlanta in the in the finals. <laughs> I don't. Um, as good as Trey Young is, and as much as I have to respect him as a player, I just can't. I cannot stand that guy. And I didn't really like him before all the antics in the Garden, but I sure as hell don't like him now. So. But yeah, no, that's uh, NBA playoffs were interesting. You know, obviously the Euros roaring to an end as well. So if you're a football, soccer, or basketball fan, I know we'd be tuned into those, and I'll, I'll for sure will be as well. So I can uh, give some analysis in my next episode. It's been a lot of fun. Good talking to you guys. Thanks for letting me rant about the Yankees and how pissed I am about it. Thanks for talking Euros, talking some NBA playoffs. It's been a lot of fun. Um, I wish I had time for more, but unfortunately I'm going to have to wrap it up here. Uh, but there's plenty to talk about for next time, so don't worry. There will be. Uh, I'm sure the Yankees will do some more stuff to get, get me all riled up to talk about it. So, But it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I appreciate you guys tuning in if you did. If, uh, if you enjoyed it, make sure to tune in for the next one. Me and Seth will be sitting down Wednesday for our full-length episode. Be, so uh, be sure to be looking for that in a few days here. And then obviously Seth's Minicats Friday, so be sure to be looking at that too. And follow, Go follow that Twitter, at Speak Supreme, on Twitter, at Speak Supreme. So go follow that. 
We're going to be getting three episodes out a week here. Lots of content for you guys. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate the support. Um, and then we'll see you next time. So I appreciate you guys. See ya.